life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Hello and welcome to Change Already. I'm your host, Jillian Moss-Beckman, and I have to report that it's a nice sunny day where I'm at. I'm in the middle of the Chicago area, and it seems like it's either really, really cold or really, really hot. And so isn't it funny how when it's cold, we complain that it's too cold, and when it's hot, it's too hot outside. <laughs> but today is a lovely day, and thanks for joining me for this half hour, and I hope that we all can get out wherever you're at and enjoy some of the weather around you. It's not too hot and it's not too cold, so it's just right. So hopefully I can get out and take a walk and enjoy the environment and the life that we are leading together on this beautiful planet. I have to warn you that I'm in a very contemplative mood this week, and it was very reflective for me because the book I wrote, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown, is part interactive, but it's also part biography, and there's lessons inside that book that I have done on my own. I mean, it's one of those things where you learn by trial and error, and by God, I've done it both, (laughs) and there is one lesson in chapter six that I am smack in the middle of and trying to find my way through it. There's a section I wrote in there about the art of doing versus the art of being. And as Americans, we are so reflective and hell-bent on the act of doing all the time, meaning how often do we have to be doing something every minute of the day? I had a friend years ago that she was miserable if she didn't have something planned and organized for every second of her day and considered it a failure if she was just sitting and being quiet and reflective. And I think in the last couple of weeks, I've kind of hit that wall where I've moved to the art of doing and pushing forward to the art of being. And I've tried to tell my clients how to handle this, but I have to admit, even when I get into the art of being, it's a very uncomfortable place to be. You know, you have to regroup and set back, and there's a fine line between being contemplative and being inactive. And I think people get confused when I talk about the art of being versus the art of doing in that, and they consider the art of being as inactive because it's not something that the outside world sees or values, that you're just sitting and being quiet. So I've been very contemplative in the last couple of weeks trying to figure out certain things. And I wonder how many of you feel the same way. Right now, for a long time, I had a certain voice in my head that I thought I represented. But I've never nailed it down. And I had a conversation today, in fact, with a friend of mine and a person that I consider one of my mentors. And I kept saying to her, I don't know 
what my voice represents. I know what I'm not. I know that I don't belong to this category or that category, but the question becomes, then if you have to fall into a category, where do you put yourself? So I've been, again, thinking about that as I go into transition and the next evolution of my own life and my career and where I'm at. And in this art of being, it's more a matter of asking those internal questions that we forget to ask every day because we get so busy or wrapped up with the goals that are in our head and on paper, quite frankly, of where we want to be in a year, maybe five years or even longer past that, 10 years, and we forget to live in the present moment, and that's such a cliche nowadays, but I'm really working on evaluating and thinking about what it is I want to create in the next aspects of life, and I think a lot of people consider that inactivity. If you're not going out to coffee or you're not conversing on the phone all the time or you're not going out to events where everyone is, they consider that a recluse. I think it's kind of hard to be a friend of mine because I go into these in-and-out modes so much that I enjoy my time and quietness by myself to ask the legitimate questions of who am I and what I want to create next. I think that really scares people, don't you think? I think people get very unsure of themselves when they look at people that they know have their own path figured out and then when they step off the path to take a breather and figure out what their inspiration comes from and reevaluate where they're going, I think that unnerves other people. How many of you are able to embrace that aspect of being rather than doing in your life and not fight the river? I even find myself sometimes now that I'm in this act of being, trying to get out of this area in my life and push it through so I can get to the other side and start acting out and and doing back in the world, but you can't push it. I think as Americans, we get so caught up in pushing forward all the time that when the universe tells us to just be quiet, we fight back with more gumption than we do when we're doing something and moving forward towards the goal. So that's where I'm at. And so I went back and I reread the whole section in my book (laughs) just to refresh my memory of what I have told myself in years past and just to refresh, of course, of doing the exercises in the book that I created a long time ago. And it's starting to work. I'm starting to really embrace once again, being in this area of surrounding myself with people that can fill in the blanks of what I'm not getting around me. I hope you have those kind of confidence in your life where you're vulnerable and willing to ask their opinion of what needs to be filled in or even just hold tight to the boat till I get back. I love that part of the world. I think 
that's what true relationships are built upon is when when you don't feel like being a strong leader anymore, you don't feel like pushing and making, creating things at one level that you can lay back and just lay low. And during these times, I really go into deep meditation. That's why I'm so excited about outside. I enjoy a walking meditation. A lot of people work so hard to sit, but yet they sit all day at their desk and then they want to sit to meditate. Meditating is about finding the way that works best for you. And for me, I prefer walking meditation. Walking meditation fill in the blank because there's a rhythm to it. You have to concentrate on what you're doing. And I usually walk in the hills and mountains. There's a lot of hills around where I live. So I go out in the mountains or little tiny hills in Chicago. (laughs) They're not mountains, I suppose. And listen to the cadence of my own brain. I pay attention to what's going on around me, but the cadence of my own mantras and power words that I use inside my head. So I've really gotten down to basics in the last couple of weeks, and I hope that you are too, as I go into the next section of bringing the nonprofit organizations, and I'm still working on those, and we will start the second week of July, because I forgot the 4th of July is on a Thursday this week. So I was really taking a hardcore look at the nonprofits that were in front of us and the random drawing that we're doing and how I can present them to the rest of the world in a way that the world has never seen them before or a different angle to look at instead of just another organization that wants our money and our help and our time. That becomes very challenging sometimes when we've become so jaded by helping nonprofit organizations because, let's be honest, there's people that ask us for money and time each and every day. But how and who are the ones that are really making a concerted value and adding to the aspect of better living in the world So I've really been taking a quiet look at how I can present that series to you and the rest of us that will be different than we haven't heard before. I really like the nonprofits that we're going to be um, highlighting in the next couple weeks. I like their messages. They're different. And they seem to have some authenticity and sincerity to what they're trying to change in the world. I really am suspect, to be honest with you, a lot of different charities because I've seen so many, and you can imagine in the public eye, there's a lot of people that think it's our duty to represent and help all the charities out there. I learned a long time ago that you have to be very selective on the authenticity and who you work with and why you work with them. So I'm having a good time reviewing all of them, and you're going to enjoy the different categories, the medical, the social, the children, and the arts. They're all so diverse. I think we're going to enjoy listening to their spokesperson and their authentic need to help others that need our help. So in this contemplation, I am looking for inspiration. That's such an overused word like all the rest. 
where does one find inspiration when it always has to come from the inside? And people always write good techniques, you know, go this and that. But the reality is life is not always entertaining, is it? It's not always a happy art form that is always doing good things or has some tragedy or some highs and lows. For the majority of our lives, including my own, it's pretty mundane. And I started thinking about monotony and mundane and what's wrong with that? I think the word mundane has gotten a bad rap because it has this connotations of being negative because if mundane is normal and normal is what most of us live, then maybe normal is the entertaining part of the whole aspect. There are days when I would just love to have mundane and boring and quiet. So in this contemplative moment, I've been thinking, what is my own inspiration? Can you answer that question for yourself? Is it your kids? Is it your job? Is it the ability to be better at what you do? Is it something that comes inside you that has to trigger new inspiration? I can tell you what inspired me 20 years ago or 10 years ago is not what inspires me today. It's one of those mute points and things in our lives that have to keep growing as we grow. So finding inspiration during these times of being is the goal that's going to pop me out. I'm so used to myself and my own divine pattern and cycle. I know how long this art of being will last. I have a few more days, but then I'm going to pop out of it. Do you know your cycle? Do you know your divine rhythm of how you work of the art of being versus the art of doing? Do you know how long you stay in that holding pattern? Do you get frustrated in that holding pattern or are you able to embrace the quietness and the monotony of the same old thing day in and day out? If you can't do that and you fight against it, you're not willing to look at the lessons inside this act of being. I've learned through all the activities that I've done, some of the most powerful lessons I've ever learned have been in the times of mundaneness, have been in the times where I'm in a holding pattern and it looks to the rest side of the world, I'm just being lazy. I'm willing to ask myself those hard questions. What's working? What's not working? Who's working with me? Who's working against me? And I think if you're not willing to ask those kind of questions, you're never going to get to that true authenticity that, that the proverbial authenticity that everybody talks about and everybody wants, but nobody really wants to know how to get there. Yeah, it's frustrating and I'm a little annoyed by having to be in a holding pattern like the rest of you, but I've learned I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm just going to wait and listen and meditate and wait for the next message to come through. And by the way, it usually comes through somebody else that needs to tell me something. And I listen. So after the break, we're going to talk about the nonprofits 
and a funny study that came out and see how many of you can relate to the study. for more welcome back here's your host jillian warm and fuzzy with an attitude Welcome back to Change Already. Before the break, I was talking about my own (laughs) mundaneness and being in the art of being right now instead of the art of doing that I talk about in my book, Beyond the Pews. And I know when I get in those kind of funky moods that I need to reconnect with people that are in the zone, you know, and it's almost like you find inspiration from those people that are in the zone. And it's not that you want to copy what they're doing or duplicate it, but just the energy that comes off of a person that's doing what they're supposed to be doing in the zone and you're just over the moon joyful for where their life is going. And even though yours is on a holding pattern, you have relinquished your ego enough to say, you know what, I'm just going to relish in your bigness right now. So I decided to have a lunch meeting with a good friend of mine that I haven't had. We haven't had time. We've just been too busy. It's been a long time. And I made the concerted effort last week. It's like, okay, I need to get around these people. So we had lunch this week and I had the best time with our 
And we were talking about this and how everyone goes through roles in their life of regrouping and revamping. And I kept saying, you know, we got to get to the bigness again. And usually when I go into these moods, and I hope that you find the same thing, is that it's percolating. The energy around me is percolating. I can feel it. I can sense that things are going to be taken to the next level in my own life, but you have to wait. And you have to be able to feel that percolating energy. And you know what I mean by that? Meaning you can feel the cogs of the wheels moving along, but you have to wait for that divine timing I talk about. But the other time, it always seems like it's a snake in my head. And you have to strike when it's time. And when that time aligns with everything and and you're ready to get out of the state of being and into doing, you have to know what information you're supposed to be gathering while you're in that layout zone so you can strike when the iron hits. And it's so funny because I've been accused of having too much patience in this area, but yet everything seems to work out just fine when I live my life like that and stay low and just watch other people's success happening around me. One of those things where I don't really have to be successful at what I'm doing in this particular moment because I'm in a quiet place. And you watch somebody else's joy and contentment and exuberance, and I love their stories. It feeds into you. That's where I find my inspiration. I don't know if you know yourself well enough to put a finger on where you find your inspiration. Do you read an article? Do you read a book? Do you listen to other people's stories? Or do you compare yourself so much when you read those stories that you feel sorry for yourself? It's easy to feel sorry for yourself because when you're in the same zone and you see people getting ahead of you and you're still working in your mind as hard as everyone else, it's hard not to compare yourself and get into the tinges of ego and jealousy. But I've learned a long time ago that just doesn't do any good. In fact, I enjoy watching other people's success <laughs> more than my own. And sometimes my friends around me and confidants say, you know, could you concentrate on your work a little bit more? Bring it back to you. Are you like one of these people that you're so into making everyone else happy that you forget to look inside yourself and get your own happiness with that. You know, we all work on that adage, you know, bring love thyself like thy neighbor, but sometimes you can go overboard and be so into making sure that they're happy, you lose sight of your own. So in the art of being of where I'm at right now, I'm taking a look at all of that. And if you're in that zone like I am, walk with me, Experience a little bit different. Do something more contemplative. It doesn't mean that you have to check out from the world. It just means you take a step back and you look at everything that's going on as a big puzzle piece, how this person works with that and how this career works with that and how this 
relationship may not be what you need to have in your life anymore, so you're willing to do the work to move again, knowing someone else will come in to replace it. I'm starting on that nonprofit like I talked about, and I'm actually working on putting the rest of the year together, but I came across a very funny kind of study that was released last week. I I don't know if you guys heard it, and it was about sleeping and snoring. Talk about the art of being. I thought it was so apropos for what I was talking about this week. It was a study about snoring and sleeping with your partner. And according to this study, the majority of the people that are the snorers are the men. And the majority of the ones that are not the non-snorers, I don't know about that, is the women. And how this study really went in with the thought that women can't sleep and should they be sleeping in another room to get a better night's sleep with the snorers. Well, it's kind of funny because even though the snorers, the the snorees, let's call them, were getting a good night's sleep, obviously the other ones weren't, but it wasn't necessarily tied to the reason that their partner was snoring. And in in this study, it actually recalled that women are lighter lighter sleepers because they're usually the ones that take care of the family, they listen for children. I know that I'm very guilty of that. When you're, you know, every noise, everything kind of takes you up. And so, and then a lot of tossing and turning, which is exactly what I do. But I thought it was funny because the study was talking about the actual act of being and how, once again, Somebody tried to blame it on another person that you weren't getting the appropriate sleep, but the reality was it turned out equal. It actually turned out equal that there were legitimate personal reasons of why each partner wasn't getting a good night's sleep. (laughs) I thought that was funny because it's like, oh, good, I can blame my non-sleeping on somebody else, but then again it came back to, no, you're responsible for your own sleep, no matter where it's at, with your partner in another room, and it didn't make any difference if they went into the other room. They still didn't sleep well. (laughs) I thought that was a perfect example of the art of being, meaning You're responsible even when you're not doing anything but being quiet in your own zone. If you can't calm yourself and find your own center, you'll be erratic anyway. And you can't blame it on anybody but your own aspect of sleep. Remember next week, I'm going to have a rerun on July 4th. I'm going to take the 4th off and then we're going to start with the nonprofits. So we will go from the second week in July to the last week of April. and I mean, excuse me, August. And it will take four weeks. God only knows it's supposed to be four weeks. But you know how I get. If I, can't, if I find something I just can't not present, I'm just going to have to do it. So bear with me. The rest of the year I'm putting together some more interesting series that I'm going to start in September. Wait till you hear this one. 
It's really going to be interesting and great guests as usual. And if you want to read or find me anywhere, you can find me on Change Already at Blog Talk Radio for the past past podcasts that you need to listen to. There's all the series on there and all the good guests. And the other part is you can find me at my website, which is JillianMossBaxon.com, and that's J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N. You can find out where to buy my book. It's been all different bookstores all over the world, quite frankly, and it's on Kindle. So go back to that book and reread that section of Art of Being. And if you don't have the book, you should be buying it because I guarantee you, half of you or three-quarters of you are right now in the Art of Being just like me. So remember, between now and then, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is a scary grow. I'll see you next week, same place, same place, same time. High Noon Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.